Good morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today as we get into the word of God, talk about it, pray about it, and allow it to transform our lives. We often talk about issues where the faith conflicts with our modern culture, and we've been discussing the topic of creation and evolution. This morning, I'd like to ask a question. Was Charles Darwin a hero or a villain? Now, to some people, he was the greatest scientist ever. He wrote, perhaps next to the Bible, what might be the most influential book in the history of the world. It certainly changed all of Western culture and has had a huge influence on the entire, on the, the education and understanding the scientific world all throughout the entire world. Some people would see him as a great, great hero, that his ideas were so breakthrough that all of modern science is based on his thinking. Other people see him as a villain. They would say that more people have lost faith in God, in the Christian God, perhaps through the teaching and ideas of this man than through any other person who's ever lived. That'd be quite a distinguished, that'd be quite a comment that if that's really true of him, and I think it probably is. Was he a villain or was he a hero? Let's talk a little bit about who he was. Charles Darwin, many don't know this, but he went to when he went to the college, he went to study theology. That's right. He was going to be a priest. Now, he may not have ever been that interested in it. He might have been pressured to this by his father, but this was his goal, or this was his course of study. And as he studied it, he probably learned a great deal of things about the Bible. One thing he would have learned was that the Bible said that all things reproduce after their own kind. This will be important as we see here in just a moment. Anyway, he didn't. He became a little skeptical. He became more of a naturalist. He began to doubt God, and he dropped out of college. And it wasn't long after that, actually a few years later, he went on a boat trip on the Beagle, and he went to a place called the Galapagos Islands, where he observed all kinds of diverse life. And it was there that he got his ideas, or that his ideas were formulated and solidified about what would be called natural selection and leading to evolution. He came back from that boat trip and he wrote a book called On the Evolution, excuse me, On the Origin of Species by Means of Natural Selection, subtitled The Preservation of Favored Races in the Struggle for Life. Quite an interesting title, wasn't it? But notice something very important here. When he wrote The Origin of Species, remember back in college, he would have been taught most likely Genesis 1, that all of life reproduces after its own kind. That word kind there in the Hebrew is the same word as species. Species would be the Latin translation. Kind would be the English translation. I believe he was taking direct aim at the scripture when he said that all species don't reproduce after their kind, but actually come from previous different species. It was a groundbreaking book, created all kinds of problems, and it essentially said something that really was at direct odds with the Scripture. Because again, whereas the Scripture says all organisms would reproduce after their own kind, he said, "Uh uh-uh, we all have a common ancestor 
And through little changes and through evolutionary changes, there's this great diversity of life. And herein really is the difference between the creation and the evolutionary point of view. People want to talk about the age of the earth. They want to talk about geology. They want to talk about all kinds of things. They want maybe a little change here in some bacteria or some cell or some genetics. Really what it comes down to is this. One side, the creation side, says that all living organisms will reproduce after their own kind. And the other side says, no, not always, usually, but not always. And that these little changes over time have created all the diversity, all the species, all the families, all the kinds, all the different life on earth. We just don't buy it. The other thing about Darwin, this is we study and we look at his life, a lot of people are willing to overlook a lot of his faults. They say it was just a product of his time. Well, perhaps so. Darwin was clearly a racist. He believed white people were more evolved than, than black people. He was a misogynist. He believed white men, Caucasian men, were further evolved than women. That's an interesting observation or thought that he had. He believed in eugenics, which was the teaching basically eugenics is us getting involved in bringing about natural selection, i.e. we sterilize or we help select out the bad parts of, the, of say, the human race. We, we get rid of them so that we'll have more advanced, pure people that reproduce. The bad people don't reproduce. You either kill them or sterilize them so that the good people reproduce and will ultimately be the whole human race. It's called eugenics. It's very popular. As a matter of fact, probably just about every evolutionist did believe in eugenics until the Holocaust, because, of course, this is what Hitler was trying to do, have a pure-blooded Aryan race and get rid of any defective people. And that's called the Holocaust. And it was so horrendous that the civilized world rejected it. Eugenics is coming back some in our day. There are some people who are proposing it, but by and large in the scientific community and the civilized world, it's still rejected. Darwin's ideas fed, Hitler embraced them widely, as I mentioned earlier, Nietzsche embraced them. Stalin, Lenin, communist leaders embraced them. And indeed, it justified so much, these evolutionary ideas justified their trying to change the world to make it their perfect utopia. Now, I'm not claiming, and it would be a bit unfair, I think, to Darwin to imply that he would have embraced the Holocaust, or he would have embraced eugenics, seeing where it was taken, or that he would have in any way favored Hitler, Stalin, etc. I'm not saying that. On the other hand, in the same way, it wouldn't be fair. People on their side often like to blame Christians for the Crusades and say, see, we're like that. Well, I don't know any Christians advocating the Crusades, just like I don't know any evolutionists advocating eugenics today. So we'll move to modern day. I will say this, that the ideas that Darwin proposed were used even in our own abortion wars, our own abortion battles here in America, in which there was an idea called ontogeny recapitulates phylogeny, which means simply that the fetus in the womb is going through the stages of development, and that if you abort the baby there, the fetus, as they would like to call it, early enough that the fetus is not really human 
until later on because it's still evolving into a human over those nine month, that nine-month period. Bottom line is, I'm not going to say every uh, evolutionist is an abortionist, etc. I'm not saying that. But I will say this. If we really are just evolved from time and chance, we really are just stardust that happened to mutate well, come alive, mutate well, and survive because we are more fit, we do determine our own morality. If there's no need of God, we determine it. And if we determine it, who knows what we're going to come up with next. Indeed, moral absolutes like thou shalt not murder come from God. And when God gets X'd out of the picture, as Darwin did, then morality can become whatever the people in power want it to be. Was Darwin a hero or a villain? Well, if we ask that, it depends again on who you ask. Many modern scientists would say he was a hero. I would say just otherwise, because I go to the scripture for my guidance. And what I see here is found in Romans chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. Even though they knew God, I don't know if he ever knew God. He was studying to be a priest. Even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds, four-footed animals, and crawling creatures. That's right. Professing to be wise, they became fools. They exchanged the glory of God. What is the glory of God? That we're made in the image of God. That we are, we're, we're God's image bearers. And they traded that away for an image in saying we came from four-footed animals, we came from crawling creatures. Of course, Romans 1 is talking about what they worshipped. But the, but the implications are so clear that we would worship God or you worship an idol. And on one side, in the, you know, do you come from God or do you come from these animals? Professing to be wise, they became fools. I'll tell you this. Today, Darwin is actually buried in Westminster Abbey, which is the, where the, the heroic people of England are buried in the Church of England. That's right. He didn't even believe in God at the end of his life or through most of his adult life, and yet still they buried him in the, the, what, the Hall of Geniuses, I believe it's called, there in, in uh, Westminster Abbey in a church. And yet, as I said, probably his ideas have caused more people to turn away from the faith than the ideas of any other man ever to live. To me, it's blasphemous. To me, he's not a hero in God's eyes. He's not a hero in mine eyes. hope he's not a hero in your eyes. He was a man who was a troubled, tortured man who went from having a faith in God, became very skeptical, very anti-God as time went on. Don't you become like him. The tragedy of Charles Darwin. So many young people today are following in his footsteps. Guard your children. Guard your grandchildren. Guard what they learn. Guard what they think. Guard what they're exposed to. Ideas that might seem innocent. Because, granted, there's a lot of people who believe in evolution who don't forsake the faith. But ideas that might seem innocent might not be. They might be really dangerous. Father in heaven, Today, as we think of a man like Charles Darwin, we grieve over his, the path he took, a path moving from faith to godlessness, professing to be wise, he became fools. He exchanged the glory of God for an image in the form of crawling creatures and corrupt animals and 
beasts and so forth. Oh, Lord, so many in our culture have done that. And, and indeed, Father, we look in our world today and we see so many people are acting only like animals. They've lost any sense of moral guidance. They're creatures of instinct. They're given over to sexual immorality and depravity. They do profess, the things that we do, Lord, changing evil for good, light for darkness, celebrating what we should be ashamed of. And Lord, so often it comes back to just people got separated from you. They did not honor you as God or give thanks, and they became futile, and their, darkened, their mind became darkened. Oh, Father, protect our minds, protect our families, protect our children, protect our, our grandchildren, protect our loved ones from being defiled by false ideas that would lead us astray from God. Guard over our pastors and our churches, our young, our, the young people in our churches, the this next generation that's being indoctrinated in these ideas, might they find the truth and might they always honor you and be thankful to you. We praise you today, declare you as our creator God. You're our maker. We're made in your image. We affirm it. We believe it. We embrace it. We celebrate it. We desire so much to walk in your footsteps, to imitate our Father, to walk in love as you do, and to walk in the truth as you've given to us. We bless you today, and we love you, and we give you this day to glorify you. In Jesus' name, we pray and bless you. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, as you can tell, I love this topic because I'm, I'm zealous for the glory of God. I believe God is our creator. You didn't come from pond scum or some chimpanzee or some common ancestor with an ape. No, my friend, you were made in the image of God. And what a glory that we have has been given to us and that we can live up to. This makes life exciting. It really does. You're called to live life in the re- reflecting the image of God. We don't fall short of them. That's what sin is. We don't want to fall short. We want to stand strong and firm and tall in the faith of Jesus Christ. That's why we come here every day and get in the Word of God every day. We believe the Word of God builds us up. It strengthens us. It helps us to be the people God wants us to be. So if you're new, welcome. I hope you come back again and again and again. Make a commitment to be here like so many people do. Make a commitment, small decision, carried out day by day by day. It'll make a big difference in your life. So I hope you'll join us every day. We're here 8.30 a.m. live, or you can watch us later in the day, anytime you want, or you can watch the, listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platform. Make sure and subscribe. Hit the notify button, like the video, that, leave a comment. I always like to know who you are. These things help our placement on the YouTube page. For those of you here every day, I love you. I know you're growing in the Lord. We're sowing the seed on good soil, and you're receiving it. So be strong in the Lord. Be encouraged in the Lord. God bless you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.